This is an ABC podcast. We can end the climate wars. Rugged up up top, tiny little booty shorts. Oh, I sold a kidney to buy that jacket. I was riding a lot of fences. Hey, how good is Friday? Best day of the week. It's fair to say. No one's going to argue with that. So good, in fact, that we've decided we want to make this whole week feel like Friday. G'day, it's Dave Marchese. And yeah, you love the shake-up. So to finish off Hack this year, we're giving you five shake-ups in a row. We've got the best guests, the best topics. And today, we're covering the cultural moments that define 2022. Pop culture, trends, viral moments. And hey, there is so much to talk about. Hack. It's Big Dick Energy. Pete Davidson is prime example. Macquarie Dictionary's official words of the year. Teal. Truth-telling. Barbie call. Oh my God, I love Barbie call. The money don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. I'd like to see you. On Triple Jack. Yeah, a bit of a taste there. A few little things. And it genuinely does feel like Friday for me right now. I'm kind of freaking out a bit. I don't know what's going on, but I love it. I do like it. And I'm looking forward to Friday every day this week. Also, because we got the best people to hang out with over the next few days, starting today with, I must say, two of the funnest guests we've had on the Shake Up this year. But we've never had them on together. Until now. First, artist, entertainer, etc., etc. Welcome back to the Shaker. Oh, thank you for having me back. It's so exciting to be here on the Monday version of Friday. <laughs> I mean, Monday is just a wish your heart makes, I if, think. If anyone was to make Monday feel like Friday, it is you. Thank you so much. I'll put that directly in my resume. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you just got off a party cruise. I did. I've been doing a cruise somewhere in the Bass Strait for the past three days. Um, I was performing on it and I, I felt so isolated from the world. So I'm so glad to be broadcasting live with my beautiful opinions after not having any reception. <laughs> like, three oh, days. I hope there were no cultural moments in the past I know. five days. What I've if missed culture them? shifted? Doing, I won't know. Doing laps of the Bass Strait in a cruise <laughs> ship. Um, and also joining us on the Shake Up today. Today, Mamma Mia journalist presenter Emma Gillespie. Hello, Emma. Hello. How Let's have... party like it's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready for it. How are you feeling in the run up to the end of the year? Yeah, good. Ex- tired. Yeah. So <laughs> ready for a sleep, ready for a nap. Except of... for now. Now you feel like it's Friday. Yeah, well, when I don't show up at work tomorrow because <laughs> I think it's Saturday, I will send your number to my boss. I was kind of really getting into the energy of the Friday show because I honestly did for a second think, oh, it's the shake up, it's Friday and I was planning after work drinks. I was thinking, what am I doing this weekend? And then I realised, hey, the weekend was actually just yesterday. But you know what? We're going to get into this. We've got big stuff to talk about. Pop culture moments, trends that define 2022 for you. I want to hear from you. Was it something global or something a bit more niche in our own backyard that sticks in your mind? Get in touch. You can message in 0439 the team, time to get into it. Hack. I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jazz. Right. Uncut, uncut, uncut Jazz. Right. On Triple J. <laughs> yes. Julia Fox, come on. I can't believe that was this year. We could almost do a full show on Julia Fox, I feel. But hey, we'll get to that a bit later. Backstep a bit. I reckon we do need a bit of a recap because there's so much that's happened this year. And like I just said, some of it feels like it was a lifetime ago. It doesn't even feel like it was this year. I do want to know, is there anything that you haven't been able to get out of your head or stop thinking about? Please, message in 0439757555. You might need a little bit of help to refresh your memory. Luckily, Hack Reporter Ellie Grounds is all over it. 
She's got this recap here, but hey, big language warning on this one. I'd like to say 2022 started off with a bang, but really, it was more of a slap. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And the celebrity drama kind of just went from there. People say you are feuding with Florence Pugh. Is there anything you want to say to that? I, no, the only thing I want to say to that is that another one of our weird rumors, Spitgate, which you might have heard about, is I Harry think... Styles. Did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? No. Why or no, why not? Support did, your answer. He did not. But I think it's a perfect example of, like, people will look for drama anywhere they can. Yeah, and you know where's a great place to look for drama? Inside Celebrities DMs. Adam Levine, lead singer from Maroon 5. He's, he's been caught cheating. He's been cheating on his wife. We got to go through the receipts, right? It's truly unreal how effing hot you are. Like, it blows my mind. I may need to see the booty. Fuck. 2022 saw us bring back some things that have been laying pretty low for a while. Like songs. Fashion. Did Kim Kardashian ruin Marilyn Monroe's iconic dress? Kim walked the red carpet at this year's Met Gala wearing the original dress Marilyn wore in 1962 when she sang happy birthday to President John F. Kennedy. Even a show that had only been gone for like four months. And surely the biggest conversation we had this year was about this. Queen Elizabeth II, the UK's longest-serving monarch, has died at Balmoral. She was 96. Whether you thought we should have been talking about it that much or not. I actually grew up in the UK. I was born there. I was there for 16 years of my life. And even then, I, I didn't understand what was what the monarchy was about. How is it of such importance in Australia? If we're talking culture, we've got to talk food. And this year, we found out some things, like what the sexiest cocktail order is. A Negroni. I was going to say the same thing. Bagliato. With Prosecco in it. Oh, stunning. Yeah. And that Kendall Jenner apparently can't cut a cucumber. Hey, chef, do you want to cut this up for her? I'll do it, Mum. Fine. And you must have had your head in some fine white Sicilian sand if you weren't watching the hottest thing airing right now. final episode is out today. And don't worry, no spoilers here. But can we talk about that plot twist in episode five? Well, I've got to go do something for my uncle, but keep your door unlocked, yeah? All I know is that voting for the Hottest 100 opens tomorrow. And one of the biggest parts of the White Lotus new season has been the theme song. And that song better be on the damn list. Hack on Triple J. Oh, Ellie Grounds, brilliant. Compilation of some of the big moments. So much in there. And please don't start at me if you're going to say there's more important things going on in the world. Of course there are. And we will keep you up to date on Hack if something big happens. But we do need to talk pop culture because that's important too and there's so much that's happened. We've got a lot of people messaging in already. Someone says five shake-ups in a row. This really is an amazing Christmas present. Thank you, Dave. Another person, speaking of the word of the year, it's already the, it's already the pre-kent on Hack. Yeah, it was another word of the year people were talking about. Um, and somebody else, the Louis Theroux rap, I think will stay with me forever. And I'm so happy about it. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the big stuff of 2022. I've got two of the best to talk about it. Entertainer, etc., etc. Journalist Emma Gillespie, etc. What do you reckon the biggest cultural moment for you has been? 
I mean, it might be a bit of an unconventional one, but I haven't been able to get Heidi Klum dressed as a giant earthworm out of my head. <laughs> I forgot about for that. For months. And it was something about the way that her face was in the middle of that squishy, <laughs> wet-looking silicone latex prosthetic. I think that that summed up for me exactly how I feel, not only about this year, but about life in general. Any inspiration for you as someone who's really into fashion where you like, oh, you know what, I might. Actually, I, I think so, and I think it's the direction that all major couture brands should go in, dressing up as giant bugs. Um, I think there's so much to draw from, and we're just getting started. Hey, we're definitely just, you know, the tip of the iceberg there. Em, what do you reckon? Do you love this stuff? Surely you do. Yeah, of course. When I, I was love thinking about it. this topic, I was like, oh, there's one person we've got to get on to discuss this stuff. Anytime you want to talk about the pop culture, <laughs> David, I'm here, I'm ready. I agree. The Heidi, Heidi Klum worm, earthworm, whatever that was moment for sure stands out. My favourite thing about that is that she's one of the hottest people on the planet and insists every year on proving that she can look ugly. <laughs> one day a year, I can, be, I can be ugly. I think one of the big ones for me this year that I certainly didn't see coming is the Elon Musk Twitter takeover. Yeah. Uh, which has had extreme ripple effects that we also didn't see coming. But it's hard to look past the slap, the Oscar slap, and it's amazing that that happened at the start of the year and really set the agenda. Crazy. We're going to talk about Elon and Twitter a bit later in the week when we cover social media and big changes oh, we've seen there. No, but it's it was also it crossed boundaries because it was also like a cultural like you know moment and moment in pop culture and all the rest of it as well. But the slap, as you say, the boring Oscars ceremony that was dragging on got a really interesting when yeah. the host Chris Rock made a joke about. Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, and, you know, she suffers from alopecia. Will screamed at Chris, then got on stage, slapped him down. At the time, I was convinced that it was some huge setup, publicity stunt maybe. Did it throw you, et cetera? It definitely threw me. I remember being on Twitter and seeing the clips coming up and I was thinking, oh, this has to be fake. This mm. has to be like a thing. And I was so shocked when I noticed that it was real, specifically because almost instantly people started inserting their own narratives into it. Yeah. And I think that was the craziest thing about it is it suddenly became like there had to be, you had to be on a side. Yeah. You know, whose team were you on? And a lot of people who probably didn't need an opinion on it at all were suddenly demonising one or the other. For sure. Um, and it split people. I had lots of arguments about it. Mostly I was just saying, I just don't feel like we should be talking about it that much. I think um, we might have spoken about it on the Shake Up With You, maybe. Look, to be honest, I can't remember <laughs> yesterday. There were so many hot takes on this one so story, flying left, right and centre. Who remembers what they said or who they said it to? But, yeah, the obviously violence is not the answer, but the one thing worse than the slap itself was certainly the saturation of every oh, single yeah. person online having an opinion about who it meant, who it was hurting, Oh, when we stopped talking about the slap, that was a good day. Yeah, that's true, actually. It was just, it was everywhere for so long. And I guess we had kind of forgotten what it was like to have a moment like that saturate the news because for years in COVID lockdowns and all the rest of it, there's only been one story, right? So it was kind of weird to have a a, a lighter story like that, even though still serious, all of a sudden dominate the headlines. Will Smith's reputation, M, do you think it was like irreparable damage that people after seeing that were like, uh oh, 
that's yeah, it now. It's tough because, I mean, we got what we wanted from him, I suppose, in that he later eventually put out that YouTube clip where he was, you know, seemed very vulnerable and earnest and admitted to having, you know, temper issues and wanting to do the work and regretting who he had hurt. And I think he'll be okay. Like I do think that he falls into a category of sort of beloved enough by across enough generations that he'll be okay. I think what is interesting is that we haven't heard a lot from Chris Rock in the wake of this. No. Except that he's possibly keeping it all under wraps because he's doing this live Netflix stand-up special. And when I say live, I mean literally Netflix are going to like beam it into your home as it happens. Wow. Like old school television. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's yeah. broadcasting live. Mm. We're doing it now. Maybe he's saving <laughs> his real reaction or feelings. For that, oh, it makes if sense. you can put a price on it, I'm good sure, for you, Chris oh, Rock. I'm sure you can put a price on it. Speaking of wrecking reputations, Kim Kardashian, the Marilyn Monroe dress, etc. This one, people were not impressed. What were your thoughts on it? People being like, she's wrecked a, uh, you know, some really important piece of history. Did you have any particular strong views on it? I kind of sat in both camps with this one. Mm. Number one, it was sitting in a museum in Florida in the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, which isn't the paragon of high culture. (laughs) Um, It's not the Smithsonian. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Ripley. That kind of surprised Um, me more than anything else. I was like, was it in the Smithsonian or something? (laughs) No, it was not. So to bring it out and and showcase it to a generation that may not be aware of the dress or or Marilyn's history, I think is a good thing. Uh, I think sometimes celebrities feel like they have ownership of history far too much. And I didn't love Kim inserting herself into the narrative of Marilyn's life. Like I watched the episodes on the Kardashians where they were talking about it and she set up a little shrine to Marilyn with, you know, photos and personal belongings and her original makeup case. And I thought... It's a little bit weird for her to be like, I feel like I'm channeling Marilyn who had a tragic, horrible yeah. life. And I felt it I felt it maybe could have crossed the line there. Wearing yeah. the dress wasn't the issue. I think it was Kim trying to uh, take some kind of ownership of Marilyn's narrative now, which we also saw with the Marilyn movie that was yeah, released that's true. this year. I and think there was controversy around yeah, that as well. I think it I think it says something about how celebrities and pop culture deal with the legacy of people that have been famous or influential and sometimes how we can disrespect them. Um, and there was, I felt there was some disrespect in the way that the media circus dealt with that. Like she was a real woman who went through crazy stuff. Interesting take. Yeah, yeah. it's so complicated that one because on one hand sort of the side by side of, you know, Marilyn Monroe was the most photographed and the most famous woman of her time and love them or hate them you have to agree that the Kardashians and Kim certainly sits at the top of those criteria for modern pop culture. So interesting to have those comparisons, but I agree that, yeah, there's an awkwardness for me with the way that we really glorify Marilyn's life, you know, the Instagram quotes, the Mm -hmm. way that her life has been sort of caricatured for pop culture and the way that people obsess over her when she was a deeply troubled seriously unhappy person who needed help that she never got. What's also weird is that Kim was given a lock of Marilyn's hair when she returned the dress to 
the um, prestigious oh, Ripley's it's Museum. It's all really bizarre. <laughs> I've got some messages coming through. Someone says history books have chapters on Marilyn. Kim will be a footnote. So there we go. I'm not sure Burns. if that's serious yeah. shade there. <laughs> some very serious shade. Another one that we're going to go on to. <laughs> Back to Julia Fox. We heard the uncut gems audio. Hilarious. Took off. But honestly, my favourite moment of hers was definitely when she was asked about her upcoming book. Well, I don't want to give too much of it away because I'm very superstitious, superstitious, so I don't I don't like to speak of things before they're finished. Um, but it's um, so far a masterpiece. <laughs> myself, so I hope that... Is it fiction? Is it a memoir? No, it, it's... Um, you know, it was going, it was like a memoir at first, but now it's just like my first book. Incredible. Incredible. It's so far a masterpiece. That's how I'm going to start every episode of Hack from now on. Best line I've ever heard. Where is the book, Em? Where do... <laughs> Hilariously, I don't think the book is coming to fruition because it was just a few weeks ago that Julia Fox, who icon, absolute refreshing, she's so honest and She's a freak and I love her for it. She did this video where she basically said, I was going to save this for the book, but I'll just give it away for free because, like, I'm sick of everyone asking and went on a rant about how Kanye wasn't a creep or a psycho when she was with him and that, like, she was looking out for Kim Kardashian and she'd always admired her. So she was like, sis, I'm going to take one for the team and I'll date him so you don't have to deal with him. He'll get off your back because he'll be hanging out with me. And he super duper wasn't a Nazi then. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> Julia, like, has a thing about stealing her like she can just make a headline and you know recently she was out <laughs> recently she was out there declaring that getting old is officially in she declared that she's like it's in again aging is hot we love it julia fox kind of the hero we didn't know we needed etc maybe <laughs> I think she's the hero that I always wanted. I think there's something about the consciously bad makeup, about the O2 revealing outfits. Maybe she is this generation's answer to Paris Hilton. Could be. It's a similar energy of defying mm. cultural norms, of being unabashedly hot in public and um, being a little bit ditzy in the wrong moments. I feel like she puts on this persona that yeah. will grab those headlines. I don't think she's stupid. Yeah. I think that sometimes she w is aware of the uh, double entendre that her words may Feels calculated. persuade yeah. media to pick up on, definitely. There's a lot of other moments that we're just not going to have time for, like the Don't Worry Darling stuff. Oh, my gosh, that was just... <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I was getting lost in that. There was so much happening. I wasn't keeping up to date. Were you guys into it, Em? Never-ending content stream <laughs> from that chaos. And I just want to, on the record, that the spit was real. Oh, okay. There's a hot take there. We also had, like, other stuff, the Adam Levine stuff. Adam Levine... Um, you know, Google's top trending musician of 2022, which is surprising considering Maroon 5 didn't release any new music this year, but it was all out there talking about an alleged affair. We had the Harry and Meghan doco, which came out recently. We talked a bit about that on the Shake Up um, uh, last week. And then obviously White Lotus, you heard a bit about that. Em, I know that you are someone who has been watching this a lot, obviously very excited about tonight. No spoilers. Very, very excited. I think my favourite thing about White Lotus Season 2 is that no one expected that after White Lotus Season 1, we could ever achieve such perfection. And I'm going to say it's Season 2 better than Season 1. Did you get into it, etc.? 
I have no idea what White Lotus is. <laughs> Do you know what? And this is a great opportunity for you. If I could unsee it and unknow it and start all again, oh my God, what a blessing. Well, so many people have been replying to certain things on my Instagram story, especially on the cruise, being like, oh, you're entering your White Lotus era. And I didn't know what they meant. I was like, is this some kind of Chinese restaurant I'm not sure about? Is this some kind of makeup product? And then everyone said, but if it has Jennifer Coolidge in it, I think yeah. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. You'll love well, it. I should start binging. I'll you know what you're doing this weekend. Yes. What about a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it? Have you tried one of those? I actually I actually have not, but that the idea kind of disgusts me a little bit. <laughs> I'm not a Negroni person. The, the taste is a bit too sharp and 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 hey, nasty for me. It's a bit lighter than the normal one, so maybe you will maybe you will. Oh, is like that the it. Prosecco oh, in yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Spagliato, that's how you say it, not Spagliato. Come Spagliato. on. Come on. All right, time to move on. Hack Buckingham Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Shane Warne, a legend of cricket and an Australian icon, has died. Olivia Newton-John has died. On Triple J. Yeah, 2022, also a year we lost some big figures for Australia, but also the world. Obviously, the Queen died at the age of 96 after being on the throne for 70 years. Most talked about story of the year, easily. Could not miss that one, although it did surprise me when a hack listener messaged and said, I was in America and, oh, I didn't realise the Queen had died, like, weeks after it had happened. I thought, you must be the only person in the world with that experience. Whatever your thoughts, mixed reactions, whatever you think about the monarchy, the Queen, definitely a cultural icon, right, etc.? I think a cultural icon, but I think to many in the wrong way completely. Mm. I think she represents a lot of things to uh, a lot of people... you know, a leftover relic of of oppression and a figurehead for colonialism and imperialism, especially in this country. And so I definitely saw a lot of discourse online about, I think, people's raw feelings. I think it it triggered a lot of people and their residual trauma as people of colour or Indigenous people. They were like, these are the feelings I've had inside me about what this woman represents. Um, But I also think that it was a great, a great uh, moment for people to come together and kind of have that big news story. Everyone was talking about it um, and we don't often get those moments. Yeah, it was um, It was definitely very surreal to see. Again, I mean, we've had it a couple of times in the last few years with COVID, of course, but just see the world really kind of just stop and focus on one thing. Um, there were other big deaths as well that really hit people, cultural forces like Shane Warne, that happened in March. That news seemed to rock Australia, didn't it, Em? Oh, 100%, because he seemed like someone just so in the prime of his life, such a beloved Aussie larrikin, really part of the fabric of what it means to be in this sort of Australian culture. If you're talking about cultural icon, he really encapsulated so yeah, much. In a, what... in a tacky kind of a bogan way, relatable, mm. wasn't too good for anyone. I think that's what people loved about him. And sure, um, there are plenty of problematic things as well that I'm sure we could say about him. But yes, yeah, something about the way that Australians come together over their love of sport, over their love of someone who's good at sport, And across generations, again, I think he was someone who, you know, like parents and kids had 
shared bonds over, you know, going and perhaps seeing him in a Boxing Day test. and For sure. And obviously sporting excellence was incredible at what he did, but there did seem to be, it wasn't just that, it was definitely the personality and the persona that really drew people in. We had Olivia Newton-John pass away as well, huge huge around the world and also seemed to cross generations. Like there'd be probably a lot of people thinking, oh, maybe the younger people weren't as much into Olivia Newton-John, but she was really popular with everyone. And it shows that there's this sense of nostalgia in pop culture that we've been talking about for a couple of years now. You know, Kate Bush back at number one with Running Up That Hill 37 years after it was released, etc. Do you have any idea why young people, especially around the world, are obsessed with the past? Maybe it's because the future looks so bleak. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. That's it. And I think it, it, you can look at trends of, of economics and, and issues going on in the world, conflict and, and conservative politics, and young generations tend to revert back to more liberal, open-minded times and the nostalgia of those times. And so I think um, Kate Bush <laughs> represents... So much of that. And in the show, like Stranger Things, this song of like freedom and overcoming, I think it was almost like an anthem for a lot of young people to be like, well, maybe I can run up that hill instead of roll down it into a muddy, muddy puddle, yeah. <laughs> which is what my life feels like at the moment. So, <laughs> so, Kate Bush, you're like, yep, I'm here for that being number one. What about, you know, mullets and things like that? Because I saw, you know, a few newspapers said the mullet is the haircut that refuses to die. It's definitely taken off in popularity in 2022. Are you here for that, et cetera? Yes. I've had every iteration of a mullet and they're just, they're just so aerodynamic <laughs> and they're so beautiful. Aerodynamic. They are. Oh, your, your sides are nice and cool, <laughs> but you've got some insulation on the back of your neck. I think the mullet is one of the most architecturally perfect hairstyles <laughs> that you could possibly have. Never heard it's described like that. Yeah, it's like the Sydney Opera House of hairstyles. Scholars will complete thesis yeah. around yes. the architectural perfection be. of the mullet. But they I'm waiting be. for the bowl cut to come back in a bigger way. Oh. I think... And I thought that was going to happen with the Stranger Things, you know. I think I think bowl cut will be next. That's what I'm predicting. You might bring it back. I might. You I might. might bring it back. Well, if you see it on Julia Fox, just know I, <laughs> I started trail. the trend. Other me. Other things as well. Neighbours gone, then it's back again. A lot of nostalgia there as well. Um, oh, there's so much. I think nostalgia. It's because it's stability, right? It's you yeah. exactly with this idea that the future is terrifying. I think we saw this when the Queen died. That for people, you know, lover or hater, it was that she was someone that represented an era of stability or over so many generations. So we go back to those comfort shows that we always watch on repeat or those comfort trends or the things that we love from our childhoods because it's a safer space mm. than stepping out into the terror of what's to come. And you know, nostalgia is how you remember it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a yeah, personal exactly. thing as well and so you have control over that. Another thing that I found interesting, I always like to dive into the Google trends over the past year what do you reckon the most searched word of 2022 was? Do you have any idea? Or maybe you've seen mm. it. Is it Australian? Global. In Australia, but also it's the same word around the world. Something about the Queen. Okay. I I think I know this one. <laughs> I think I actually told you before. I think you told me before I came yeah. in. It's, it's Wordle. It's Wordle. It? Oh, my God, I forgot about Wordle. Yeah, Wordle was a thing. And Are you we know, still playing? I don't know. Well, I never played, et cetera. You didn't play either. I have strong opinions on Wordle. <laughs> I think it. I think it's a disgrace to the fine character form that Scrabble 
um, offers. I think it's a dilution of the legacy of Scrabble. You're a purist. Um, I'm a purist. When it comes Et cetera, to words, only reads the news in a newspaper. Yes. You want to feel the ink on your fingers. I, I, I want to. I just want. I want the original form of everything. Hey. And I think. I think Scrabble. Something about the tiles. On my phone, I just get angry and jam my fingers but against the screen. But you can't play Scrabble on the train. And if yeah, you don't, are doing don't that, you're inconveniencing <laughs> society. This show's become, a, you know, argument about Wordle. I love it. Look, like heaps of others, I never really got into it. Still don't understand how it works. Maybe I missed something. I don't know. Other top searches. Ukraine, obviously. Omicron symptoms. Mashed potato recipe was a big one, apparently. Missed that. This year. So many. The most popular, the most searched people. Johnny Depp, makes sense. Will Smith, Amber Heard, Vladimir Putin, Chris Rock. What contrast from Putin to Chris Rock. Yeah. Mm. And then also the words of the year, which are always very controversial. Oxford Dictionaries was Goblin Mode. Which mode, people yeah. that mm. I know, behaviour which is self-indulgent, lazy, greedy. I don't know. I feel Me like on a Sunday at 11am. <laughs> Do feel like it's been around for a little while. Teal was named Macquarie Dictionary's Word of the Year. Obviously, big influence there in politics. Bachelor's Handbag. Takeaway roast chicken was the people's choice for 2022. I don't know. You know what gets me? Why are all the word of the years these days like two words? Like, for someone who cares so much about words, Dave Marchese, why didn't you get into Wordle? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. I have a lot to say about words. Um, I don't know. Spicy cough was also in there, which, again, seems very, now, isn't it? very off the pulse, you know. Like, I don't know what these experts are doing. Do you pay attention, et cetera, to a... Words of the year. Um, I think. I think sometimes because I'm involved in obviously the drag community and the queer community, we have we have words that don't really don't really correlate to any of this. Like um, me and my friends, we say pog to each other to like indicate if something's really gross or yuck. Um, like there's some words that we just use. And bachelor's handbag, drag queens say that, but we call it a bachelor's purse, which Get I think out. is a bit more feminine. Yeah. And it's a bit, I think it's a bit more camp too. Yeah, and, it, you know, how a bachelor, bachelor has a lot of, you know, innuendo in it, you know. Oh, he's, a, he's an old bachelor, you know. <laughs> so bachelor's purse has a bit of... I don't know, it has a bit more flair to it for me. Hey, we're stealing that. That's good. We've got a lot of messages coming through. Talking about the mullet, you've really fired up some people, etc. Someone (laughs) says, we should design a mullet-inspired building. There you go. I'm on it. Yeah, you're ready for it. Another person says, I'm an architect, can confirm the mullet is not good. So we've got mixed opinions there. Hey, we're not going to please everyone, but that's all we've got time for, team. Big thanks to our Shake Up crew, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks as always. Thank you for having me. And Mamma Mia's Emma Gillespie, thank you very much. Thank you, Bambino. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Getting ready for White Lotus tonight. I can see. That's all we've got time for. I'll catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hack. <laughs>